the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Prayers Heard in Heaven. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another that we may be healed and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. We stand at the threshold of the new year. The Israelites had the same experience. They stood at the border of the promised land, but because they did not believe the promises of God, they refused to take possession of the land. And this is the blessing that God had stored up for them. They looked back and they turned back to the wilderness. And because they didn't enter in to what God had for them, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years aimlessly without direction. They had been in slavery for 430 years in Egypt. Why would they look back? Why would they step into unbelief and not go forward in faith for what God had given them? God had sent Moses to lead them out of bondage in Egypt, breaking Pharaoh's stronghold that had been over the children of Israel for a long time. Today, God's message to you is take possession of the land. Take possession of what God has stored up for you. Just don't do it is the title of today's message. Don't turn back. Press forward. After 40 years of wandering aimlessly in the wilderness, the Israelites returned to the border of the promised land. And because they didn't have the faith to enter in, they were afraid. They had fear. What will happen to us? What if we go forward? All the what ifs that come about in our mind and surround us would bring us to disappointment and doubt and fear. But we have to take possession of all that God has promised us. I know that you may be facing adverse circumstances. I know that there are many right now that are looking at a circumstance that seems bigger than anything that they have ever faced. But your God is bigger than your problem. God has a plan and he always has an answer to every dilemma, every situation of life's challenges that we face, every battle, every ache, every pain. God has answers to the challenges of life. God has for every child an inheritance and possessions for that child of his. I want to explain our inheritance is what God has stored up for us through Jesus. These are his promises and his amazing blessings that he has for us. But our possession is the part of our inheritance that is ours, but it's given to us by faith. The Israelites were to inherit the promised land 
and receive all that God had reserved for them. But they could not enter in unless they entered in by faith. Moses was leading the children of Israel to the promised land. Moses had led them out of Israel, out of bondage. He had dealt with their murmuring and their complaining for 40 years in the wilderness. A journey that shouldn't have taken any more at the most 11 days. And it takes them 40 years. The children of Israel saw awesome miracles with Moses. He was a great leader and a great prophet of God. They had seen amazing miracles just one after another. Even manna falling from heaven to feed them when they were in the wilderness. Their shoes, the children's feet didn't even outgrow the shoes. God did awesome. They were protected. He did awesome things for them. Why did they not have faith in where Moses was leading them? Well, all of a sudden, things change. Moses dies. Have you ever counted on someone who meant so very much to you? And all of a sudden, they were no longer there for you to count on. And those times we learn to depend on God. That's when faith does a great work in us. In the book of Isaiah in chapter 6, Isaiah has a similar experience. Isaiah the prophet writes this in Isaiah 6. The year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. That's very important because Uzziah was a great king of Israel. Under Uzziah's rule, as king of Israel, Israel saw financial miracles. They prospered. Isaiah was a great military officer. He organized the military forces of Israel. Israel defeated its enemies. King Uzziah was a genius financially. Israel flourished and prospered with his finances. Israel saw great days of peace and prosperity under this great king. Obviously, Isaiah had a lot of respect for King Uzziah, for his heart was saddened after his death. And that's when Isaiah enters the temple and he has this great vision of the Lord. And he says, after, he says, the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Oh my goodness. It shows us that this experience that saddened his heart so greatly and must have put Israel in a point of great dilemma. What will be our king? What will our next years be like after this great king has died? Isaiah's heart is saddened, but he has the vision and he sees the Lord. Job in the Old Testament, in the book of Job, after losing his children, his finances, his land, losing his possessions and all of his riches, Job has a similar experience as Isaiah had with King Uzziah. And Job says something very significant about his experience with God in the latter part of the book of Job, Job 42, 5. He said, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see thee. Job sees God in a new way. He has revelation and a new understanding of God. The eyes of his understanding are now open. And that's when the captivity of Job is released. His finances are restored. Even his children, his sons and his daughter, his riches are restored. But this is after he has new revelation of God. God was bringing Job to a new place, a new understanding. And so Job says, I have heard of thee. With the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see thee. 
oftentimes the trials in life that we go through bring us to a place where God wants to take us to new revelation. We enter into a new dimension by faith. And then we can take hold of the possessions that he has for us. When we refuse to turn back, we refuse to sink back into the past. But when we decide I'm going to go forward, I'm going to believe God. He's going to do a new thing in my life. Then our inheritance becomes a possession because of our faith. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't turn back to the past in doubt and fear and unbelief. Go forward. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, Joshua, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am going to give to them, the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your feet will tread, Joshua, Every place that your feet tread upon, I will give it to you. As I said to Moses, Joshua 1 and 3, I'm paraphrasing, if you will. God said, arise, Joshua. This is the message from the Lord today. Arise, go forward, take possession of what God has promised you. We are chosen as children of God. We did not choose him. He chose us and drew us unto himself. We were bought with a great price. Now he's speaking to the church today saying, arise, you are the church. You are commissioned to possess the land. Arise now and conquer. If we arise, God will do the rest. And here is how he told Joshua that he would succeed in what he was to do. God spoke these words to Joshua and I'm paraphrasing, if you will. Study this book of instruction continually, Joshua. Meditate on it day and night. So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Then and only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. So God told Joshua, meditate on this word, Joshua, night and day. And then you will succeed in everything that you do. Joshua was a warrior. He had a divine assignment on his life. God had placed this on Joshua. God wanted Joshua to do great things. But there was something that Joshua had to do first. He needed to have a close relationship with Joshua to be able to lead him and guide him in all that he was to do. The power of God moves through relationship. It doesn't move through words. It doesn't move through the position that we're in when we pray. It doesn't move just because we fast. The power of God moves through relationship. God wanted Joshua to experience his unlimited potential. And each of us stand at a point of spiritual destiny right now. He wants you to do great things. He wants you to have the things that you have dreamed of. And to lead you to this place of success, remember what he said to Joshua. Why did he say it? Why did he tell Joshua, meditate on the word day and night, Joshua? How would this bring Joshua success? God was telling him, meditate on me. When you meditate on the word, you draw close to me, Joshua. 
every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of light. If we meditate on good things, nothing will distract us from what God has to do for us. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never fail. It never passes away. He told Joshua, meditate on this, Joshua. Remember what the Lord said? He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. You are the new leader of Israel. There will come times in life when the situation that we were once in has changed. There's no longer life in that situation. And God takes us to a new thing. The Bible says, suddenly I do a new thing. Have you not known it? He is the God of suddenly. So now he gives Joshua instructions for success. Meditate on the word, Joshua. Do not let it depart from your mouth. Stay continually in the word day and night. He's telling Joshua, meditate on good things. Keep your mind away from evil. Don't think negative. Meditate on the good from here on. This is going to strengthen you. That's what he's telling you. The same thing that he told Joshua. You may be in the midst of great trials. Your circumstances may be difficult, but I've cried enough tears to tell you that God will neither leave you nor forsake you. And deep water and great trouble, he has called you by name. Isaiah 49, 16, behold, I've written your name on the palm of my hand. That's how much he loves you. Oh, my goodness. We have to come to a place where we shut out the negativity, the voice of the enemy. And we listen for the spirit of the Lord to guide us and to keep us in all of our ways. God tells Joshua, no one will be able to stop you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses, Joshua. I will never leave you and I will never stop helping you. Joshua 1.5. God wanted me to bring that word to you today. I'm going to be with you the same as I was with Joshua. I will never leave you and I will never stop helping you. That's a powerful message from the Lord. And that's what he wants you to take heart in today. And he's saying, I have never left you and I am not leaving you. In the midst of the fire, I am with you. Wherever you go, I will be in the midst of your circumstance. There's been many times that I have cried out to the Lord for someone who had a desperate prayer request. And while I was in the midst of deep prayer and persevering and fervent prayer for them, but no answer in the natural. Maybe it was someone's child who strung out on drugs and been addicted for a long time. And I'm praying and I'm persevering. And there's no results in the natural. As a matter of fact, oftentimes they have even gotten worse in the midst of fervent prayer. And I would cry out to God. When I get frustrated, I'll say, why aren't you answering? Why won't you answer me? I am crying out to you about this situation. Why won't you do something? And more than once, I have heard the Lord say, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Oh, my goodness. And I would take heart because I knew then that even though I couldn't see results in the natural, that God was doing something great 
in the spirit realm. And lo and behold, one day I got that phone call. I always get that message that tells me, look and see what the Lord has done. Because even though you don't see results in the natural, if we persevere in prayer, and if you've been listening, you've heard me talk many times about the immutable law of prayer, the foundation of what prayer is based upon. Because if we ask him, if we seek, and if we knock, he has guaranteed us that he will answer. He tells Joshua, be brave, be strong, Don't be afraid and not to doubt. God wants you to take heart in this message today. And maybe you're going through something that's really fierce and the fire is seven times hotter. Or maybe you're going through a situation with someone else and you're walking them through. It could be finances. It could be a mountain of debt, divorce, death, loss of a job. Could be health issues or betrayal of some sort. But God sent this word for you today. Don't give up. Do not doubt me. I am beside you. I will not leave you and I will not forsake you. Joshua 19 said, be strong, be brave. Don't ever be afraid or doubt. God is with you wherever you go. There are three strategies that I want to talk about today that will bring you great success. Strategy number one, just don't do it. Refuse to entertain negative thoughts. Don't murmur, don't complain, and don't grab a hold of negative thoughts and let them fester, so to speak, in your mind. Just don't do it. Don't entertain negativity. The Bible says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of God. Isaiah 26 says, thou will I keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Oh, my goodness. The promise of God to you is that he will keep you in perfect peace. He didn't say you'll just stay in perfect peace. He said, I will keep thee in perfect peace. But the part that we must do is keep our mind stayed on him. Please make a decision this year that you will not worry, that you will not walk in doubt and fear, and you will not be defeated and you will prosper in everything that you do. The second thing that strategy that I want to talk about today is no longer entertain conversations, reviewing conversations that you've already spoken, going over it again and again. I should have said this and I should have told him this and this should have been done differently. Not reviewing the past. It's done. It's over. If you've made a mistake, take it to the Lord in prayer. But don't be defeated. Refuse to walk in doubt and walk in fear. Cast down imaginations. Joshua took victory from Moses and he understood. He watched Moses great victories through prayer. And Joshua understood how to go to the Lord. But yet the Lord speaks to him and tells him, meditate on the word day and night. Refuse to walk in unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a place of defeat. 
When we walk in unforgiveness of what someone else has said or what they have done to us and we rehearse it over and over and over, it leads to anxiety. It leads to worry and doubt and fear and oftentimes depression. Joshua goes into battle after a great defeat where there's sin in the camp and he goes into battle and he is defeated. Oh my goodness. But God had promised him that he would be successful and that he would always be with him. But yet he suffers a great defeat at one point. So Israel's army of 3000 soldiers suffers that terrible defeat and many of the soldiers die. And Israel is ashamed. Joshua was devastated because he felt that his disgrace would just be rampant and everyone would hear about how Israel had been defeated. Joshua went to the Lord in prayer face down and he stayed there. The Bible says all evening, Joshua's heart was full of anguish and he rent his clothes and he began to cry out to God. Joshua cried out to the Lord. Why have you brought us all the way over the Jordan? You have brought us here. So the Amorites to kill us and to defeat us. Why would you do such a thing? You see, oftentimes when something goes wrong, We blame God. We charge him foolishly, so to speak. But remember what happened? God points out to Joshua that he's not to blame, that there is sin in the camp. And when God shows Joshua that there is sin among them, Joshua is quick to take care of the sin and to wipe it out of their camp. And after Joshua does this, Israel's next battle is a great victory. And again, Joshua treads on successful ground. God drew Joshua in all of his circumstances. He was drawing him closer and closer to himself. Joshua understood that God always wanted to receive the glory for anything that took place. So whenever Joshua was defeated, he would go to the Lord in prayer and he would draw God into his prayer. He would remind God about his glorious name. And how if Israel stayed defeated, how everyone would hear what had happened. And they would believe that God had deserted Israel. And what would happen to God's glorious name? Remember that when you pray, draw God into the prayer. What are God's needs? How can you draw him into the prayer? God has needs. What does he want from you? I learned a long time ago. If we give God what he wants, he gives us what we want. Remember in the book of Samuel, first Samuel, Hannah wanted a child because she was barren and being made fun of and tormented by the other women around her. And so she went to the Lord in prayer. And a long story short, Hannah goes to God and she presents her barrenness before God. And she tells God something very important in the prayer. She draws him in. She says, if you give me a son, She lets God know, I'm going to devote him back to you. You see, Eli is getting elderly. He's the priest in Israel. And God needs a priest for Israel and a prophet and a judge for Israel. And Hannah needs a son. So Hannah says to God, if you give me the son and take away this barrenness, I will devote him back to you. Well, not long after that, the Bible says that Hannah became pregnant with a son. When that son is weaned, Hannah takes the son to the priest Eli in the temple. And Eli raises Samuel. 
Samuel becomes one of the greatest prophets in the Bible. Israel receives a priest, a prophet, and a judge. God gets what he needs, and Hannah's barrenness is removed, and she received her son. When we draw God into our prayer, and we give God what he wants, he gives us what we want. That's very, very important to remember when we're praying. We're talking about standing today at the threshold of a new year. Remember, refuse to do it. Just don't worry. Whatever circumstance that you are facing, whatever the need is, your God is greater than your problem. Line your problem up next to your God, and one of them is going to outweigh the other. And I'm here to tell you, it's going to be your God that's going to outweigh your problem. Ask God for God-sized miracles, not man-sized miracles. Ask Him for God-sized miracles. Ask God to do something greater than you can imagine happening. Ask Him to go further than what you believe will resolve your situation because He wants to do exceedingly and abundantly above what you're hoping or asking for through Christ Jesus. Just don't do it. Don't walk in doubt and worry this coming year. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. 